Welcome to another production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Today your host is Dr. Jan Bedell. She is an educator, author, curriculum designer, and a specialist in neural development. Dr. Jan has spent 20 years encouraging, educating, and inspiring families through her company, Little Giant Steps. So, whether you have a typical, gifted, or struggling learner, these weekly Brain Coach tips will help you discover foundational keys to make learning and life easier through the neurodevelopmental approach. And now, welcome your host for today. Hello everyone, and welcome back to this week's Brain Coach Tip. I'm Jan Bedell, the Little Giant Steps Brain Coach. It's so great to be able to share the revelations God has given me over the past 20 plus years. I've been privileged to walk with many families as they incorporate the help of the neurodevelopmental approach to see life-changing results. In fact, when asked to describe their experience with Little Giant Steps in one to two words, many families use life-changing as their description. My goal is to equip you with some brain training tips that can change your child's future. I want to ask you to do a favor for someone. I know personally the grief of having a child that struggles and not knowing how to help her. Someone in the sound of your influence is crying out for that same help. You know, I had a family in my office yesterday that drove from Iowa to Texas because they had heard about our work. They put their adopted daughter, who was now 13, on a more individualized program called Advanced Brain Training so they didn't have to drive. And after four months, they saw so much progress that they wanted to do a more individualized program with her. And so they brought her to our office in Texas. This mom had cried out in the night for help for her daughter, who she had homeschooled since she was in second grade. After praying that prayer, she opened her computer to a shared email that had information about Little Giant Steps on it. You just never know when you might be the link God wants to use so another family can get the help they're praying for, especially if they are dealing with ADD or ADHD symptoms. Oh my, those absent-minded professors that live at your house. That certainly can be a challenge. Let's delve into the subject today and how to help the situation at the root cause. As I said, I'm Jan Bedell, and I've worked in this field for over 20 years. So you can imagine 20 years ago the number of children that were, and even adults, that are diagnosed with ADD and ADHD. I've just seen that diagnosis skyrocket. So I want to thank you for joining today for a drug-free solution to this. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, number 15, I want to encourage you to do that because we talked about different root causes, and we're going to expand on that today. Now, these podcasts are not going to be able to answer all your questions, so I encourage you to visit our sponsor at littlegiantsteps.com for information, inspiration, and various testimonies and ways of equipping you to make a difference in your child's life. You can also email questions to office at littlegiantsteps.com. It has been a huge concern of my heart over the years as I witnessed an alarming increase in the diagnosis of this ADD and ADHD 
and the choice of treating it with drugs. I know many parents have some of these same concerns as well. Early on, the medication of choice was Ritalin, and I learned later that it was classified as a controlled substance in 1971, and it's in the same class as cocaine. So it's a serious medication. The use of this medication tripled in 13 years from 1981 in the amount that is being distributed. And now we have lots of other kinds of medications that are for this label as well. The heavy use of these kinds of medications as well as others have led the university at North Carolina State to update this extensive toxicology database so that it can be used to track information about therapeutic drugs and their unintended toxic effects. My understanding is that to be labeled a drug, it has to have some type of toxic effect. In my opinion, medications only help the child cope and compensate by kind of masking some of the symptoms, but it doesn't really do anything about the root cause. You know this because when they're off the medication, all those symptoms come back. Today, these two labels have grown into big business. There are doctors, psychologists, psychiatrists, neurologists, pediatricians, pharmaceutical companies, tutors, and schools who all own a piece of this industry. Once a major American industry exists, it just keeps on growing. The problem is that when an industry drives the market, the goal gets shifted away from fixing the underlying problems. Dr. Carlisle Holland encourages us with this statement, With one out of 20 children in this country on some type of psychotropic medication, parents and physicians should take a second look at pharmaceutical approaches to attention deficit disorder. I have to agree with him. Most organizations teach that coping and compensating and medication is the only way to deal with this. I'll just have to tell you a little of my experience with a nationally known organization for attention deficit that was for children and adults. I was asked to speak at their organization in Oklahoma City, and I did evaluations in Oklahoma City and did a seminar before I was scheduled to speak with them, and they came, the president and uh, vice president, I think, of that organization came and heard my talk. And they heard that I said there's something other than coping and compensating that we can do. And they promptly uninvited me to speak to their group. Later, I found out this organization is heavily financed as a nonprofit by pharmaceutical companies. So unfortunately, things are kind of stacked against parents sometimes. More and more, I believe there's individuals like myself that are coming on board with treating the root causes. One of those people is Dr. Harold Bloomberg. He takes a more root cause approach. Dr. Bloomberg says, in fact, in the year 2000, the American Pediatric Association concluded that there is no convincing scientific proof that ADHD even has biological causes. So, If it doesn't have a biological cause, it's probably not needing of medication is basically what that means. So if you don't use medication and coping and compensating, what do you do? You might be asking that. I say no to labels and yes to hope. 
discovering the root cause, and treating that can make all the difference. Last week we talked about some of the root causes of the symptoms that cause those absent-minded professors to act the way they do. I mentioned a person's reaction to stress, a disorganized brain, and metabolic or chemistry of the body as some places to start looking. I was only able to cover a few of those, so we're going to expand on those in this episode. Last week we talked about the metabolic having to do with the diet. Sometimes the diet needs to change. There's allergies that can affect the child's behavior and hypoglycemia. That means they need to eat more often, especially protein. I gave you information last week about Dr. Miriam Block, who is in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. She also finds a metabolic issue of hypothyroidism. She says although she finds only about six cases of thyroid disorder that must be referred to an endocrinologist each year, that she feels like it's worth screening all children who have these symptoms of ADD and ADHD for hypothyroidism. Sometimes it's even subclinical. That means it doesn't show up on the test, but symptomatically it is there. Another huge metabolic issue that can cause these symptoms is digestive issues. They can cause many of the symptoms listed on the checklist. If the intestines get out of balance with medication like antibiotics, then candida can get out of hand and compromise behavior and the ability to learn. This overgrowth of candida thrives on carbohydrates and also refined sugar, so they typically crave those things. And then bacterial overgrowth or malabsorption or other digestive issues that cause this problem. So it's combined these together, causing really malnutrition because they're not getting the nutrients that they need through their gut. Dr. Block also talked about the correlation with the presence of parasites in the intestinal tract of those children who have the most severe behavioral problems. Treating the yeast or the parasites can improve these symptoms, in her opinion. Another area of metabolic challenges is nutritional deficiency. The diet, our American diet, we're just not getting what we used to. The the soil's depleted. We oftentimes find ourselves going through fast food drive-throughs, going to events, and many of our supplements that we're giving our children have fillers that actually clog the liver and compound the problem. If you're in the DFW area, you might want to check with the Little Giant Steps office for some nutritional counseling and testing with new technology that makes it possible to see things like heavy metals and allergens and also the health of the gut which is often the major stressors for many people. So hopefully that gives you some places to start with the metabolic aspect. And then now we're going to talk a little bit more about a person's reaction to stress. If you have trauma, whether it's perceived or real, that's what's interesting because the brain doesn't discriminate between perceived and real. Other hypersensitivities and learning difficulties are some of the stressors we talked about last week, so be sure to listen about that. Trauma can be from abuse, neglect, war zones, adoption. It can be from fever. This happening at any age will produce the chemical called cortisol that destroys nerve growth in the 
Pons area of the brain. Vaccinations, ear infections, high fever, and antibiotics, those can also destroy nerve growth. These are just some of the issues with trauma. The other stressors are when the brain releases cortisol because it's under stress, which causes nerve branching, and that's the information in the memory that was stored, to actually break off. It just causes it to dissolve. This increases learning and memory focus issues. Can you see your very bright, know it today and forget it tomorrow, absent-minded professor in this scenario? This can be very frustrating for both of you, I know, and you just don't understand. Sometimes you think they're trying to keep information from you, and they're just as frustrated as you are because they can't remember, and they know they're supposed to because you just told them they are. This can cause a lot of stress. This reaction to stress can also cause just them to have scattered attention, the feeling of like just needing to climb the walls, or that fight or flight reflex. These symptoms are related to the label of ADD, ADHD. Other symptoms of this stress reaction are impaired reasoning. Sometimes they get depressed. And this can even impact children in the womb. So if the mom is under a lot of stress, it can cause these things to appear when the baby first comes out of the womb. Other stressors are toxins in our environment. Unfortunately, there's a lot of things that can cause stress. So reducing the stress load in your home with different techniques and treating the root cause can change everything for you. So on a happier note, the easiest thing to change is an underdeveloped brain. That's one of the causes of the symptoms. But what's missing are all the connections between the parts. And the connections are easily made when you have a disorganized brain. Those connections are missing, but they can be created. So let's talk about the foundation, which is that brain organization. Let me invite you to imagine in your mind how a house is built. This word picture can help you understand the importance of that solid foundation of brain development and what so often happens in the lives of our children when they enter school and the foundation is not finished. The first thing to construct any building is the foundation, which is the very most important part. With a house, a cement truck backs up and pours the concrete and the workers level it carefully. This is like a young child going through all the necessary levels of brain development. Just as it takes time for the concrete to harden and to set, so that it can be strong, it takes time for the brain to move through the developmental steps to be ready for schoolwork. In our story, while the concrete is still too soft, the contractor shows up and says, we're on schedule. It's time to frame this place. This is like putting many of our children in first grade before their brains are developed and ready for formal schooling. That's the beauty of homeschooling. You can wait if you need to while this foundation is being built. To add insult to injury, then the electricians, the plumbers, the sheetrock installers, all those workers come and insist that they are on a time schedule and must do their job even though the foundation is not completely set. This can be like sending a child to second grade, third grade, fourth grade when their brains are not fully prepared for sitting still, paying attention, and remembering what is taught. We're putting more and more stress on an unfinished foundation. This is when we see a lot of times these really smart kiddos. 
the third and fourth grade, they just kind of hit the wall in their ability to cope and compensate. They've doing, they've been doing okay. They've been tracking and then they just practically implode. They just give up because they just can't handle it anymore. This is the time when many people put their children on medication because they don't know anything else to do. But our truth is about symptomatic labels is if you identify and address these root causes, they can be eliminated. Then a child no longer has the symptoms and you can really say no to labels and yes to hope. We're getting so many labels these days. Sometimes I have children with five and six labels and they're all symptomatic. So let's fix the problem. So what has caused this poor foundation that we talked about where we send our children off to school before their foundation is set? Part of that, I believe, is all the gadgets that we have when the child is an infant, so they're not going through the developmental steps. We've talked a little bit about this in the podcast number two, where we talked about the neurodevelopmental approach and receiving information and organizing that brain. An organized brain can come from a compromised sensory system. Let's take the tactile system, for instance. If your child plays too rough, they have problems with tags, socks, they fiddle around all the time, they're bedwetting, they're picky eaters, they are bothered by smells or they don't smell things enough, all of those kinds of sensory things can cause some of the symptoms too. Remember, one of our clients had a daughter Her name was Joanna, and she was adopted, but uh, she was just the sweetest, wanna-please kind of kiddo ever. She always wanted to help her mom in the kitchen, and they were forever cleaning up eggs off the floor because Joanna just couldn't hold things. She couldn't feel her hands so that she was always dropping things, and they always treated it behaviorally, but you know, as kindly as they could, not understanding why this child could not get the eggs from the kitchen, you know, from the refrigerator to the counter without dropping them. But the whole thing was she couldn't really feel them. That's part of the root causes we're talking about. So when your tactile system improves, you have increased focus. You don't squirm in your seat. You can sit for longer periods of time and you're more comfortable in your clothes. So you're just more peaceful. You can play quietly and with longer periods of time there, and you can feel pain appropriately so you're not too rough with others. You can even enjoy eating a variety of food when these things improve. I mentioned paradigm last time. That's your belief system because you've been told something over and over, but hopefully I'm telling you enough times that we can treat the cause and change the future that you will change your paradigm. Oftentimes people just think the child is going to get further and further behind. Our experience has been actually the opposite to that. They have accelerated growth in their academics over a short period of time. In this handout that I'm going to put with this podcast, I'm going to include some comprehension, math, and reading recognition where they just know the different words, where you can see the improvement in just four months when they're on a neurodevelopmental program. I hope you've already listened to Aaron's story. I just wanted to give you an update on him. He is a very successful father of four and a successful businessman. He has a part ownership in a company and just doing amazing. At one time, he wanted to be a neurodevelopmentalist because it just affected his life so dramatically. 
and if you want to hear his story that he told when he was 21 after experiencing this at 14, you can see that on our website on the ADD and ADHD page. Hopefully you have some fuel now of things that you can check on with the stressors, the metabolic issues. And then if you want to know more about the neurodevelopmental aspects, there's one resource that we have that's called a screening. This is just a quick overview snapshot of the current developmental level of the child and where some of those glitches might be that cause these symptoms. So in the DFW, Houston, and Austin areas, we do screenings. Those are just $25 and can lead you to some real good resources to help you with those symptoms. We're also offering the screenings at the 2017 conventions in Sandusky, Ohio, Atlanta, Georgia, Nashville, Tennessee, Benton, Arkansas, Iowa, Oklahoma City, and Florida. So if you want to know more about that, go to our website, littlegiantsteps.com, hover over our services, and look for 2017 conventions so that you can get information about those services. We do do in-person evaluations where we take a thorough look at six different areas of development on nine levels of brain organization to help you know where the glitches are and give you a program to do that's individually designed for your child. This involves a parent consultation, an evaluation of the child, the program itself, and four months of support after you've had the initial training on the website of how to do the activities. And we see amazing results like you'll see in that handout. If you live outside Texas, Oklahoma, the surrounding er areas here, you might want to consider an advanced brain training like the lady that I talked about from Iowa. This is an individualized program developed from an extensive history form that you fill out. And from those symptoms that we see on the history form, we know some really good places to start to help you. My prayer is that you have more confidence now that you have the power to make a difference. I also encourage you to stay tuned to the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network for more brain coach tips to make life and learning easier. Next week, we'll be exploring the topic, Making Reading Easier. We'll be looking at what causes reading struggles and what to do about making reading easier for your child. For now, it's the Brain Coach signing off and reminding you that neurodevelopment is a dynamic approach to life at any age. So think differently. The solution is not in the problem, most especially when it comes to those absent-minded professors. Thank you for your time and attention. We hope and pray you'll return next week for another session with Dr. Jan Bedell, the Brain Coach. The ND Approach for Life is a proven program to increase learning performance naturally. Little Giant Steps is there for you. If you have questions for the Brain Coach to incorporate skills and techniques taught in our podcast, please email cj at littlegiantsteps.com. That's C as in cat, J as in joy, at littlegiantsteps, all one word, dot com. So until next time, may the good Lord bless and keep you. Thank you.